This is the iTest Podcast. Coves, play the music. This is the iTest. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real, we never lie. from the grid, I am too diamond talking Mets, Jets, and Vets. It's the iTest. Alrighty, welcome back to Season 1, Episode 24, The World Cup. As always, I'm your host, Brian Donovan, and joining me today are two two very special guests, near and dear to my heart, two longtime buddies of mine, Connor Gustafson and Eric Cooney. I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves um, in, in just a minute here, but before we get to that, um, as always, follow me on Twitter, at Dono Podcast, shoot me an email, brian at itestpodcast.com. And if you already follow me and write me emails, then then tell a friend or two. Um, so so what we'll do for this World Cup preview today, which starts on Sunday, I believe that is the 20th. Um, we're, we're going to kick it off with just some foundational facts and information about the World Cup. Then we'll get very heavy into the meat of the conversation, which is the group by group breakdowns. From there, if we have enough time, we'll, we'll think about the tournament stage, you know, the, the knockout part of the World Cup. But most importantly, we'll wrap up with bets. And without further ado, let's, let's meet our guests on the show. Connor, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited uh, to be here. A uh, big fan of the eye test, like what you're doing, uh, kicking the uh, stat nerds out, bringing in the guys that are, are sitting at, at home watching. Um, so I'm really happy to be here. Um, in terms of uh, my love of soccer, started as a youth. Um, like most Americans, I played, um, but I stuck with it, unlike most Americans. Um, I played in high school as well as on the club B team at the University of Michigan. Ooh. Yep. I, uh, I scored a goal about 12 years ago in high school soccer. Um, I'm an NYCFC fan, uh, in a seven year season ticket holder. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a casual soccer fan every year. Um, and world cup is great because that's the time when everyone in the U S becomes a casual soccer fan. So then everyone looks at me as the expert. So, you know, here we are, um, my squad in the world cups, the U S along with uh, kind feelings towards Denmark and Belgium. Uh, those are teams that are really fun to watch, uh, with great attacking talent. And they're not perennial powerhouses like Brazil, as they're from smaller countries. So really excited to see how they uh, they play out. Love it. Love it. Great introduction. Pumped to have you on. What, what are you drinking tonight during the show? Yeah, I'm drinking a, a very extra stiff, uh, dirty martini in a, a Westport glass. Gin or vodka? Vodka. Okay. We're, we're, we're at each other right now. I, I went with gin and my, my dirty martini. We'll, we'll have to uh, compare notes in a couple hours see how they went down uh cool all righty eric cooney you're up next tell us about yourself and your your background with soccer um also a huge fan of the eye test thanks for having me um of course i am uh american and danish but i i I lean towards rooting for the danes my first soccer memory really was watching from denmark the 98 world cup when i was like six years old putting together like a scrapbook of all my favorite players um, and I'm a pretty casual fan too. I struggle to stay in the rhythm of watching like the club stuff, but 
I get up for these big tournaments. I was super into the Euro last year. Denmark made a great run into the semis. I've got high hopes for him this year. Um, I, uh, I gave up on soccer a little earlier than Connor, but he dragged me back into it in like some funky men's league, uh, after college. And, um, I don't know. I, I always kind of have the soccer itch and, um, yeah, looking forward to talking about it tonight. Love it. Love it. What, what, what are you drinking tonight during the show? I have, uh, some of Bressler's secret sauce, a little, uh, Weller bourbon on a rock. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sounds smooth. Um, and by the way, you know, when you're brought on as, as guests for, uh, you know, World Cup breakdowns on a podcast, you're supposed to tell everyone that you guys are experts. So I, I, I'll, I'll just, you know, come in as a secondary defense here and just, um, you know, mention that they are two very modest people in general. They, they do know their shit when it comes to soccer. So don't, don't, uh, don't, don't hit the dial just yet because they said they're casuals. They're very into it. Um, I, for one, am, extremely casual um i love the world cup i'm fascinated by it every four years that it comes around but the club stuff the euro stuff i've never really gotten into but that being said i still know the names i know the background of you know the the history of each of these countries and how they typically perform on these gigantic stages like the world cup so I, i i will be uh, breaking down some groups, but I'll leave most of the actual content for my my two folks here on the call, Connor and Eric. Um, before we get into the group by group breakdowns, as I mentioned, I, I have some questions that I want answered first, and these two gentlemen on the call are are, are the best to they're 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 well well suited, well fit to to give some some good context, some good foundational information as to how this 2022 Qatar World Cup is shaping up. So I'll, I'll let you two uh, you know kind of run with this. No no real structure, no no raising hands. Just speak when you'd like to. Uh, first question is why the heck is it in Qatar? Well the, the simple answer is FIFA is corrupt. Um Sepp Blatter, the former president and other execs, took bribe money um, for Russia in 2018 and Qatar in, in 22. Um, it's rather ridiculous that it's really being held there um, for many reasons. Um, you know, the climate, um, the size of the country, the infrastructure that they had uh, to support such an um, event. Um, it's pretty wild. And it's mm-hmm. just a, on top of all that, it's a human rights shit show. They're, um, you know, cracking down on gay people. Um, these stadiums mm-hmm. were built by basically slave labor from Pakistan and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. So it's a little grim in that sense. And I'm, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how it's covered. Um, it's going to be very unusual. But I, well, I think what, what do you mean they're cracking down on, on gay people? I, I think they just don't want people. I think they basically don't want people to think they're gay people in Qatar. Um, huh. Right. So they're arresting LGBTQ plus um, individuals in the country. And I, don't know I if take in it. In response to that, the US, I think I read that they have a rainbow on their logo. Yeah. Um, huh. Kind of in, you know, flipping the bird at these Qataris. Um, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I take it it's it's not a country that protests go over too well in. 
No, you're probably so. So that's not something yeah, to expect. Blindfolded and thrown in the back of a van, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, wow. it's a hereditary monarchy. Um, there's no alcohol allowed in public places. Uh, there's no gay marriage. Um, in, out of the entire population, seventy-five percent is male. Huh. And that last one just doesn't pass the eye test to me. No, that's very concerning. Um, I heard that. Um, my dad told me this actually that Budweiser spent like a hundred million dollars on advertising, and like this week the Qataris are like moving all of the Bud signs like away from the stadium and just like kind of destroying them because they're American or I because because it's it has to do with drinking. Oh, interesting. Seems like kind of a late call to to make, but I don't know. So what what is the atmosphere from a fan perspective going to be like, or do you expect it to be like at the actual tournament itself? So initially there was a lot of reports of like the Qataris paying their citizens to act like fans, but they're really Fugazi. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Yeah. Like England showed up to their hotel and were greeted by like this mob of, I think mostly like Indian, there's a big Indian expat community in Qatar. And they were like really hyped up and one like crashed through a barricade in a car, I think. But they were doing all the chants like incorrectly or a little tweaked, a little off. So I think most people suspect that they're, they're plants. Jeez. That's terrifying. It's creepy. It is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe what you see. Um, yeah. And then there are also reports that, uh, some of the, the guests that were flown in there are staying in, uh, hotels or I guess they're really tense and they're reminiscent of fire festival. Right. Right. I would imagine there's a lot of that going on. And that, that actually leads me to my, my next question. Do we know what the conditions and accommodations are like for the actual players? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I read an article, um, it was very interesting. They're way nicer. I mean, I haven't seen everything. And some of these photos look like computer generated renderings, but like, I don't know, the U S is staying at this place. I'll have to, you'll have to drop uh, something for your, your listeners, but it looks like Atlantis, like on a man-made private Island where the U S is staying. And uh, they've got like a St. Regis, they have a Hyatt. So I think the accommodations for the players are good. Um, and maybe some of the fans too, but it looks like the uh, the overflow is stuck in like some dimly lit parking lot in FEMA tents. And the overflow f- for for spectators. For spectators, yeah. All the yeah. all the teams are in. Uh, I think they're each in individual hotels. Um, okay, so that's decent. Um, and there's eight stadiums, so it's kind of spread around the country. Right. Right. And that's, yeah, I was going to say that's typically how it goes, but it's not like, you know, there's Atlanta and Chicago, you know, which are hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart, you know, it's, it's all pretty, pretty tightly packed. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. Do you expect that? Um, I I don't really know how you would judge it, but will that have an impact on play performance? Um, you know, tight, tight quarters, um, you know, teams, although it sounds like they have their own hotels, um, maybe, maybe minimal travel is better. You know, maybe the fact that they won't be going, you know, LA to Chicago, something like that. Do do you expect that to have a positive impact or all of this is generally uncomfortable for the athletes? 
I, I think it's a negative impact for a team like the U.S., um, where a lot of their players are from the MLS, so they're used to traveling around the country, um, you know, thousands of miles week in, week out. Right. So that was a big advantage for that team in 2014 at the Brazil World Cup because Brazil's a huge country and they're yes, traveling I've... thousands of miles around the country. So they're used to travel. So this is more like a Premier League where I believe you have, you have seven or eight teams are in London itself. Um, it's just, you know, so um, it should be relatively a non-issue for, for most countries. Maybe it takes a little bit of advantage away from a team like the hmm. U.S. for a big country. Interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. interesting. Yeah. And as far as the weather in Qatar, what are we working with in November? I'm fairly certain the reason they're not playing this in June and July as they typically do the World Cup is because the the heat is too extreme that time of year. What is the heat like in late November? I think it's like mid-80s during the day and then drops into the mid-70s at night. And most of these matches... Um, are played in the late afternoon and evening. So I don't think, I mean, maybe during the day the weather's an issue, but um, I think all these stadiums are are domed and, and have air conditioning. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, cause, because, you know, deserts this time of year, um, you know, will we'll get chilly at night and, and early in the morning. Um, and, you know, gradually warm up to, to pretty intense heat during the day. But, um, I guess if they're, they're domed, then it doesn't really quite matter. Um, I guess I maybe how good these air conditioning systems are. I read right. that, um, there's one guy who designed the whole system in each stadium and is, he's like a professor at the Qatari College of Engineering. His name is Dr. Cool. And he, uh, his quote, his quote was, we're just, we're not just cooling the air, we're cleaning it. For example, people who have allergies won't have problems inside our stadiums as we have the cleanest and purest air there is, which that seems, pretty, seems yeah. like maybe that, that just, I don't know, malfunction could be coming. Um, interesting. Say. Um, it, it like reminds me of what the airlines were claiming during COVID about how they were circulating the air recycling the air within an airplane so that you wouldn't wouldn't spread COVID, um, which was all a bunch of BS. So I'd imagine, yeah, this this isn't far off from that. Um, okay, good. So that's that's super helpful background. Um, it's it's a very unique World Cup. Um, it's not exactly ideal, I would imagine, for the actual participants and certainly not for for fans who you know, could engage in this once in a lifetime experience to see a World Cup in person. This isn't your World Cup for that, um, which takes a little bit of uh, a bit away from it, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but but anyway, that's you know nothing you can do about that now. So I hope general they learn so- their lesson. Though, their lesson, yeah. Course, so you know, like this is kind yeah. of one and done, and it's a tough lesson. Um, I'm psyched right. for for 2026 though. Uh, getting ahead of myself, but U.S., Canada, Mexico. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be epic. Yeah, so sick. Um, cool. So general soccer talk, and we'll we'll make this part quick because I know I'm, I'm sure everyone wants to get to the groups here. But these are just a couple of questions that have always stood out to me when when thinking about a World Cup. Um, the first thing, you know, more specifically, general actual soccer with regards to the World Cup. How much experience do these teams have together? 
have they been consistently playing and practicing together? And within, more specifically within that, are offensive and defensive game plans more simple, you know, more, more, um, you know, let's, let's just play soccer in its most pure form because they don't have the time and energy and capacity to, you know, put together extremely strategic game plans when this is really a secondary team for each individual player. Their, their actual club teams are much more important, much more year round. Um, so Connor, I'm, I'm guessing you, you maybe have a little bit more insight into that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it varies team by team. Um, so you look at a team like the U S there's consistent qualifiers and, and friendlies, um, and gold cups that these teams play in, but it's not always the same roster due to injuries, um, and availability. So this team that's going to Qatar right now hasn't really fully played, the starting 11 hasn't really fully played together um, as a unit. Um, as you know, when you're qualifying, you're, you know, m- you know, mixing and matching a lot of younger talent. Um, and maybe you know, really be team type of players, but you're not necessarily bringing in a, a Pulisic to go down and play, you know, a friendly, um, you know, in, in Wales or, you know, as a, for instance, mm-hmm. um, but then there are some teams that play a lot together. So you look at a team like Saudi Arabia. Oh, that was the one that was, I was in my back pocket, but right. go on. <laughs> right. So, you know, they have a lot of experience together and then a team like Qatar, they're doing some other interesting things, which I'll get to in the group stages. Awesome. awesome. Is that because all of their players, like these lesser teams, um, don't really have any, you know, guys that play at clubs in Spain and England, do they all play in the domestic league? Pretty That's much Saudi Arabia, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. Qatar has been doing some some very interesting things as well. It's one of the reasons I like Germany, and we can get to that later too, but I feel like mm-hmm. they're one of the few like top-tier teams that their guys consistently play together. It feels like every single big tournament, it's like half their guys are from Bayern Munich and play, you know, nonstop. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be huge. Yeah. And England. Yeah. yeah. England Five too. guys from Man City. Yeah. Germany's like more concentrated on one team, it feels like, but England definitely would probably be next up for that. And I like, guess, you know, if they're consistently playing their teammates as opponents, I mean, these guys study so much and commit their entire lives to this. They, they probably understand their game pretty well. So, you know, as long as they're within the same league from a club perspective, I imagine, um, you know, they develop some sort of understanding and rapport with each other just from being around each other so much. Yeah. And they get a few really good weeks in leading yeah. up to it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Very helpful. And then without giving it away, without giving too much away, how many teams would you consider to be real contenders? Just a pure number without naming them. You know, realistically, how many teams can win this thing? I'd say about 10. Okay, <laughs> say about 10. Love it. Um, I would say, yeah, probably I would say about 10 too. It cool. could be just under that. Yeah. That's good. Is, that that, that means it's pretty open. Ten's right, the and, there's, and there's 32 teams that are there. Yeah, a third of them can win it. That's a higher rate than maybe not March Madness, but um, you know, higher rate than what I think the NFL is right now about 
teams that can that can win it. I don't think a third of them can win the the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, that 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 makes this pretty pretty exciting and pretty intriguing. Um, any any miscellaneous facts, fun facts to know? I also Stuff think there's just so many teams that could get out of the group stage. Like there are very few that yeah, but that's a whole right right, and that's what makes the group stage so much fun. Right. But just yeah, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game of actually actually winning it. I mean, there I, oh, I yeah. feel like um, you know half the league in the major four U.S. sports makes the playoffs, but yeah, you know, on on for for any given season, I feel like only a few teams can win it across all of those leagues, um, yeah. and I think that's pretty similar here. Um, so one one fun fact or something yep. that should be yeah that we should pay attention mm-hmm. to is that for every World Cup, Adidas creates a new ball. It's a new rendition um, that's that's used for the first time in competition. Um, so the ball at, at uh, the Qatar 2022 will be the Al Rila ball, mm-hmm. and all reports are that it's the fastest ball ever Ooh. created. But it's very true and accurate when you hit it. So this goes back to the 2010 uh, World Cup in South Africa mm-hmm. where they had the Jabulani that was very fast and very unpredictable and had the knuckling effect. This yeah. one is supposed to be uh, accurate, however, even faster, which could be a nightmare for keepers. Um, so pay attention to some set pieces. Interesting. And okay, two questions about really 2010. Well. Um, a, who was it? Uh, I think it was on Netherlands had the absolute firecracker when when it came. Do you, do you remember um, that goal, Van Dingen Duncan guy? Yeah, something like that. Um, it was a kind of a random. Oh, it could have been Robin Van Persie. No, nah, it was a random. No. It was a random. No. Rando, because um, that ball was knuckling. That ball was that ball was moving midair. So you, that was like a direct reflection of the ball they were using in that, in that World Cup? Yeah, the Jabulani, um, no one really knew how that was going to play out and just ended up being really fast and really inaccurate. Um, this is another um, seamless ball with 20 panels um, and just supposed to be crazy fast. And then going back to 2010 real quick, is that... course Is that regarded as like the best world cup of our lifetimes because i feel like south africa was just incredible hosts for that tournament yeah the vuvuzelas they they were amazing it was special yeah it it was right it's not just like that was the first time i paid attention like that was an actual i mean for the u.s too the landon donovan goal against algeria right that that, that plays into it in the cafeteria really yeah that was sick or maybe it was a different match but yeah there was something super special about that one yeah Okay, cool. I, I wanted to make sure that wasn't my imagination. Um, good. Any, anything else miscellaneous um, before we hop into the groups? Let's do it. I'll take your silence as a let's do it. So for each of these groups, we are going to break down each team by four quick high-level bullet points. Number one is top names to know. Number two, strengths and weaknesses. Number three, how do they make it out of the group? And number four, bucket them into one of the following categories, which is championship contender, dark horse slash watch out. Three is a nice story. And four is Godspeed slash would need a miracle. So 
we, we assigned groups to each of us individually. Connor will get groups A, E, and G. Eric will get groups B, D, and H. I will take groups C and F. As we go through the groups, we will break down each team by those four categories that I just mentioned. And then we will pause and just have, you know, three to five minutes of general discussion about the group. And then we will move on. We will, of course, spend more time and attention on the more relevant teams. I know Connor wants to pause on the U.S. for a bit. I'm sure Eric will want to pause on Denmark for a bit. Um, I've got Argentina and they're, they're second in odds to win the whole thing. So, you know, we, we've got to direct some of our um, attention to them. But for the most part, that's, that's the structure we're going to follow. And keep in mind, you know, we, we could, if we have time to do a bracket, we will. But it does get pretty sloppy because they do have the cross bracket nature of, of the structure of the knockout stage, meaning the first seed in, the, in group A plays the second seed in group B. First group, first team in group C plays the two seed of group D. And if you get any of them wrong, it gets kind of messy. Yeah. So we'll, we, we, we might do it. We might not, depending on how timing goes. I'm, I'm guessing we won't. Uh, but either way, we will be sure to pick winners at the end and we will be sure to make bets. Um, so, so don't, don't think you're not getting that because we're not going through the full bracket stage. With that being said, I'll turn it over to Connor, who's going to take us through group A. He's going to go team by team breakdowns then name the best player in the group and who makes it out. Connor, take it away. One thing, 2010 also had Paul the Octopus. Made it pretty special. Paul just went on that heater of a run just predicting games. Oh, right. That was insane. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, octopi are very intelligent creatures. They are. Um, are. So uh, group A. Yep. um, It's an interesting group. It's not the best group, um, but I like it. Um, so the favorites, Netherlands, it's a strong team. They're legitimate contenders to win it all. The last time we saw them, they got third in 2014, um, in Brazil, but the days of the, of the strong offense of Wesley Schneider, uh, Van Persie, um, those those days are gone. It's now defensive minded and all built around, uh, Virgil van Dijk, who's their center back who plays for Liverpool. Um, so it's really going to be a defensive structure. Um, and, uh, and they're odds on favor to, to win that group. Um, in second would be Senegal. Um, from an odds perspective, they would be, uh, the, the next best team up. Um, and they'd be looked at as, uh, as the dark horse, but I think they're turning just into a nice story. So what's going on here? Um, they have sky high confidence. They're winners of the African cup. They may have the best goaltender in the world in Mendy Mm. who plays for Chelsea Um, and they do have the second best player in the world in Mane but he went down injured last week in club play and it looks like he's not going to play in the group stages such a bummer it it really does suck for Senegal yeah and because of that I'm rotating them out of my dark horse to come in second and putting in Qatar as my major dark horse to make it out of group A if okay. Russia can do it, then you know who 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 can't as and as the hosting country. Absolutely. So the host country always has a bit of a a free ride um, because they're put in as a top qualifier. So they typically have a easier group. Um, they are the host nation. They understand the terrain well. Um, 
And, and one thing that's very interesting is that uh, most of these players play in the Qatari um, local soccer league. Um, that finished up two months ago, way earlier than every other major league. And they've been in a secret two-month training session with Spanish legend Javi. Um, mm. And just building as a team for two whole months together versus most teams only had a few weeks. They have nothing to lose. They won the Asia Cup. So they're great competitors. We saw them last year at the Gold Cup. U.S. beat them in the semifinals, uh, 1-0. So it's a tight game. Um, they have a great goal, goal scorer in Almoez um, Ali, originally from Sudan, who was nationalized and you know turned Qatari, which is another question mark surrounding the Qataris. <laughs> and they also have Akram Afif, who people have on good authority is the best player in the Middle East. So hmm. if you're ever going to have a dark horse, it's going to be a team like that where no one knows anything about them. They've been in a secret lab training with a Spanish legend and they're in great form winning the Asia Cup, which is no joke. So I have them as my dark horse uh, uh, getting out of the group. The last um, the, you know, member of this group is Ecuador, um, South American qualifiers, which is no easy feat. Um, however, they are Godspeed. Um, they're a young team. They're defensive in nature, as exemplified uh, by their star player, which is Moises Sacido. He's a 21-year-old midfielder in the Premier League, but he's not your typical star. He's really a grinder where he plays box-to-box strong defense, something that I certainly uh, you know, uh, love to see, but it's just not enough that's going to get it done. Um, in terms of ways out of the group, um, mm-hmm. the Qatar-Ecuador game, which is the first game of the tournament, is the most important for those two teams. If Qatar or Ecuador can get a win, they're in the driver's seat where all they need to do is uh, tie or somehow beat Netherlands or Senegal, and they should be through. Yeah. Um, so I would expect of this group, Netherlands to place first. Second place is my upset, Qatar making it out of the group, then Senegal, and then Ecuador. And what's really interesting is that that group, Group A, then matches up with Group B. Group B being the, the group with the United States. Hmm. So not to get ahead of yourself, but if they do make it through, they'll likely have a decent chance of winning their first knockout stage game. From the United States perspective? Yes. Yeah. So if, if they're able to win the group um, and Qatar takes second, then you have a Qatar matchup in the round of do, 16. Do we want any part of that smoke? Uh, honestly, Qatar scares me um, quite a bit. No one knows anything about them. They could just come out and set the world on fire like the South Koreans did in 2002 where they had incredible counterattacking play and speed and they were to pull off a third place finish on their home turf. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. I've heard they've, Real quick. they've really adopted the, the Spanish style and playing ticky tacky. Like they've got the flair for passing. And, and another 2010 shout out with Chavi. Yeah. 2010 legend. Yeah. Chavi. Um, real quick Con, who's, who's the best player in group A? Virgil van Dyke is the best player um, in Group A um, by a lot. And he's a real pleasure to watch. And that's rare um, coming, at, you know, as he is a center back to say he's the best player. Mm-hmm. But he also pushes forward. He sticks his noggin in there. He's fun to watch. I love van Dyke, but I think he's maybe past his prime by a little bit. I am very high on this Dutch team. And I think a dark horse for. Um, Golden Boots most most goals, but player of the tournament mm-hmm. is Frankie De Jong. I think he's incredible. 
I mean, he's so fast. Uh, he makes that Dutch team run. Um, and I'm also into, as a dark horse, Memphis Depay for most goals, Golden Boot. I think this Dutch team makes a serious run. Um, they've been off for a few years now, but I think it's like, I think they're back. Who Who was the pot one team in the 2018 group with Russia? It's Russia. You, so you... You are the, oh you, Qatar's. So the the best place to be is the one good team in the host nations group when the host nation is like a Russia or Qatar, right? Yeah. Or uh, South Africa is not you know was not the the, the best team by any means. Um, so agreed. Yeah, I also think there's great value, especially now. I think Sadio Mane, yeah, like Connor said, is probably up for the entire group stage. I think I saw the Dutch at minus 195 to win that group. I think is, I mean, I think it's a no, no, pretty close to a lock. Yeah. Okay, good. That's good to know. Um, so you've got Netherlands and Qatar. I, I, I don't see how you could not take Qatar to, to get through. I mean, it's it seems like every single tournament, it, it just, things maybe not so coincidentally happen to fall into their favor with the yeah, host, host nation. Absolutely. Yeah. Russia awesome. in 2018, their group was Uruguay and <laughs> Look at that Saudi now. Arabia and Egypt. Uh, they somehow <laughs> got just one of the that's, trashiest groups you'll ever see. I mean, that's three pot four teams and one pot two or three team in, in Uruguay. I mean, it's just very suspicious. Um, and build, I, I feel like to with, build all the stadiums and, and yeah, do all that. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Dr. Um, Poole needs to be rewarded somehow. But Netherlands, I mean, it's like this, you know, at this point, it's like Bama playing the Citadel for, for three straight games just to get tuned up, you know, just to, to get going for their actual knockout stage. It feels that way. Um, the head coach of Netherlands, Louis van Gaal, has been probably the most outspoken and being upset about having to go to Qatar. So, yeah, I don't think the Netherlands are going to be fan favorites. Right. Interesting. Anything else to add on Group A? That's it. Cool. Eric, take it away, Group B. Yeah, Group B. Um, so I think this U.S. team, I mean, I think everyone's really high on them because they have – players at clubs that we've never really had national team players at before, like top of the Premier League and German League, all over the place. But they're super young. I mean, I think they're the youngest team by far, by like two years on average. I think this is really a tune-up for 2026. I still expect them to get out of the group um, because they do have talent all over the place. Um, but it's always a little scary. Wales is like a a great yeah. counter-punching team, and they've got veterans like Ramsey and Bale that feel like they've been there for like 20 years. Um, and then England is just fully loaded. Um, so fast, so athletic. Um, so I think England easily gets out on on, on top, um, and I think the U.S. squeaks in, but I think it's a little scarier than yeah. a lot of people think it'll be. Um, and I think that could just be, you know, a draw against Wales or it could even be a draw against Iran. I think Iran's a, the type of team that, you know, plays really stout defense and 
I think we'll, you know, dominate possession, but, um, I don't know about goal scoring. Um, you know, we don't have a true number nine. Um, but I do think we will squeak out and I think it'll be England one and, and us two. Do you consider England a championship contender? Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. U.S., I would imagine, is a nice story, or are they more of a dark horse? Uh, Who's more... Nice story going into 2026. Who's closer to a dark horse between U.S. and Wales? The U.S., definitely. Okay. The U.S. is just a a different level of talent and balance. Um, And I think there will be excitement because we do have some really talented players. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Wales is like definitely over the hill and the furthest they would get is just like squeaking out of the group. Another the US 2010 reference. Potential. U.S. and England were the top two teams in 2010 in that, or was that 2014? 2010. The, they were in like yeah. the group and the U.S. Yeah. actually won that group. They did. Goal differential. Yeah. Well, they, they were gifted a goal from Green. The, the goalie, right? Didn't he? Right, yeah, right, Joe Green. Drew. Or Joe yeah. Hart, or, yeah, yeah, one of those guys, yeah. Yeah, just like the, something that any of the three of us easily would have defended. I mean, it just, it just doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, so... The U.S. Like, also, like, I think in their last two matches, we lost to Saudi Arabia and Japan. Like, I would be a little bit more optimistic, but I think we had two, like, really kind of concerning losses uh, coming into this. Would you say the matchup with England or the matchup with Wales is the most deciding factor in this group? I think if we beat Wales on Monday, we're definitely getting out. We're through. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something like if you lose that first match, you have like an 11% chance to get out. You have to be basically a powerhouse. Perfect. Yeah, you have to be perfect from there. The kid to watch, I think, is this guy, Eunice... Musa, born in New York City. Um, I think he could be the best player on the U.S., maybe already, definitely like within a couple of years. Um, he could have played for, I think, Ghana, Italy, England, and the U.S., and he chose the U.S. because he was born in, in New York, which is kind of sweet. Um, and he's just, I think he's going to really impress. He's not really a household name, but he's going to, he's like, the breakout candidate, I think, on the team. Who's the best player in this group? Um, the best player is Kane, for sure. I mean, he's incredible. Knack. Um, and I think the favorite for Golden Boot. I mean, they, they must have kept this core pretty tightly together because they were young in 18 England, I'm referring to, and they made a run they've got a lot of returning guys, right? Yeah, a ton of returning guys. And still some of their guys are so young. Like um, they kind of famously had three, um, they, they went into the P, they went into penalty kicks in the Euro final um, and put out like three super young guys. One, Jude Bellingham, who was like 18, he may have been just under 18. Um, he's incredible. Um, he plays somewhere in Germany. Uh, Bukaya mm-hmm. Sako. I mean, they still have like crazy youth and speed. Um, they're the type of team like France where they could field two 11s and, you know, still be the favorite in every game kind of thing. Right. Right. 
Yeah, because I feel like they played a little bit over their head in 2018. They, they, um, you know, I feel like they were squeaking out every win, you know, one nothing on a PK. But, um, you know, I think that that experience is going to go a long way for them. They're, they're in good shape to, to make a run here. Yeah, I think the Euros is a really good. And that was only, you know, a year and a little um, ago. But they, they're super talented and really quick. Mm-hmm. Con, anything to add about Team USA? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So for the fans that are, are listening to this, we're probably most focused on on USA. Um, it's a totally different team than you've you've seen. So you know, we didn't make the World Cup four years ago. Um, the last USA game may have been uh, you know eight years ago uh, when we fell to to Belgium, where Tim Howard had some that probably the most uh, probably the best game a goalie's mm-hmm. ever had. Yeah. Um, this team is out with the old and with the new. Um, they're fun to watch. They're energetic. They love possession. They play really high pressure, which makes for an exciting game. Um, there's a lot of, of upside uh, within 2022, but I, I would also say a lot of downside because they're so young and inexperienced. Um, we really don't quite know what we're getting. Um, as you know, Eric said, it could just be a, a tune-up for 26, but who knows? Maybe they make a run. Um, and for fans of the eye test, uh, most of them are from the tri-state area. Um, want to shout out a few of the guys. So Tyler Adams, who's the starting center mid, is from Wappingers Falls, uh, a section one guy. Gio Reyna, who would be coming off the bench at forward, um, is a Bedford kid. Um, he's also the son of former USA captain Claudio Reyna. Um, and then you also have Matt Turner, who should be the starting goalie, um, barring injury, uh, is from Bergen County. Um, hmm. He played college at Fairfield. And he was not very good as a youth, but he, to his credit, he started playing at age 14 just to stay in shape for other sports. And he turned out he was really good. Um, so a few of the, the, you know, the local guys to, to keep an eye on. Yeah. So what is it about like Brendan Aronson, who um, yep. is one of our best players, kind of a leader. He's always healthy, really fun, like never quit kind of attitude, always pressing. He's from Jersey. The kid, Eunice Musa, I mentioned, born in New York. And yeah. then George Rea, also born in New York. His Brooklyn. dad was like a, one of all-time legends, Ballon d'Or winner, and uh, currently the president of Liberia, which is kind of interesting. But there's a, mm. a lot of like New York, homegrown kind of stuff. It's an easy team to fall in love with. Um, That's awesome. And I think this right. is the start of something special. There's a lot of talent. They're all like kind of the same age, like, this is could be our, you know, American golden generation, I think. What is it about New Jersey and athletes? Like, I feel like they are just a uh, machine of a state at this point across every sport. And it's not that different from New York. And it's just so much better. It's crazy. No comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> less, less Jews, more Italians. Yeah. It's got to be what it is. But you look at a guy like uh, Aronson that, that Eric mentioned, he's a fun guy to watch. And when the U S plays high pressure, he's really like the spearhead of that high pressure. He's a jackrabbit sprinting around for 90 minutes. The guy won't stop. Yeah, totally. He's, he's like our heartbeat kind of, there are a lot of guys that you could, I mean, there's just a lot of guys to love. So what is the expectation going into the game with England on black Friday? I think it's, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be tight. Tight? Yeah. 
High scoring, I think. Ooh, bet the over. Thanksgiving overs. Con? Love it. Yeah, it that's going to be a, a tough game. I, I think all focus is on Wales. Wales, um, yeah, it's got to be Wales. If, if yeah. you take care of Wales, we drew against them in, in 2020 in a friendly um, in Wales. Uh, but if you take care of Wales, then you're, you're sitting pretty, and that gets ready for the real blood match, which is going to be Iran. And that has implications <laughs> beyond just the, uh, the field. It's going to be a fun day. Any, any, any last comments on Group B before we move on to Group C? No, I think we covered it. Love it. All righty. Group C. I'm taking over here. Um, no specific order that I'm going through these teams in. This is just how it's presented on the screen when you Google search Group C. Uh, so we're starting with Argentina. Second in odds to win it all at plus 500. Top players to know, of, co- of course, Lionel Messi. Fun fact about him um, is that if the World Cup, if he goes to the championship in the World Cup, it would coincide with his 1,000th career soccer game, professional soccer game. So something to watch for there. That's a storyline that we like to know. Emmy Martinez, he is the goalkeeper out of Aston Villa, potential Golden Glove winner. Lord. Lotero Martinez, the striker, playing alongside Messi, only 25 years old. And same with Christian Romero, who's a center back for Tottenham. He's also only 24 years old. So they've got a nice, healthy balance of veteran presence to go along with their you know, prime soccer age youthfulness, um, which, which should position them well. Strengths, uh, really everything. Attack specifically, they are as potent as any in the field. Weaknesses. This is kind of interesting. They have a new head coach, Lionel Scaloni. He was hired in November of 2018. So he has no experience coaching this team in a World Cup environment. So that's something to watch out for there. How they make it out of this group, as long as they don't crap down their legs, they will be through the bucket that they are in. They are absolutely a championship contender. Saudi Arabia. Secondly, in this group, the second lowest ranked team in the field, 51st in the world overall, according to FIFA. Top players to know, they have Salam Al-Dalsari. He's a winger who led the team in goals, scoring in seven out of the 13 qualifying games, which is pretty amazing. He was also the AFC Champions League 2021 MVP. I have no clue what the AFC Champions League is, but that sounds legit. Salman Al-Faraj, he's a midfielder. He's the captain of the team. He has been for a long time. He's 33 years old, but he is coming in with an injury. Strengths for this team. As Connor alluded to earlier, most of these guys have been playing with each other year-round in the Saudi Pro League, which is very interesting. Along with that, proximity to Qatar. How many teams are coming in with like, you know, maybe an understanding of the environment and, you know, culture? Maybe maybe Saudi Arabia does. Something to watch out for there. Weaknesses, they just don't have the horses. They they scored one goal in 2018 World Cup, and it came through a PK. So they clearly don't have the, the potency that other teams do to score goals. How they make it through this group. This is interesting. If Argentina just beats up on the field in Group C, knocks out, Poland and Mexico wins outright in those games and then Poland and Mexico tie each other, there's a path for Saudi Arabia where they maybe steal a win and tie another and they're through. So it is interesting because Argentina is so much better than the other three, in my opinion, um, that, you know, funnier stuff has happened before in the World Cup. But overall, the bucket they are in is Godspeed, need a miracle. Mexico, this is a fun team. 
Um, top players to know. Chucky Lozano, he is the forward who had that epic goal in their one nothing win to beat Germany in the group stage in 2018. Um, the video is awesome. If you want to Google it, it's, it's just electric. Uh, Guillermo Ochoa, he is a goalkeeper, 37 years old at this point, so he has a ton of World Cup experience. And Alexis Vega is a 24-year-old winger who is like currently labeled as the the breakout player to watch out and watch out for in this tournament. So he might have to step in for a team or step up for a team that is very banged up and generally aging right now. Um, their strengths go back to experience. They made, they made a bit of a run, you know, they got through their group stage in 2018. Um, they're not the healthiest team right now, but they have kept their core together for a long time. Weaknesses. Very interesting here. This is a bit of a doozy. Their coach, Tata Martino, uh, under a ton of hot water. Um, aside from like generally uninspiring play during qualifying and, and other tournaments, um, the, the entire country is just calling for his job right now. He literally submitted for his res- resignation in September of this year. And the Federation declined it and was like, dude, n- no. Like World Cups in like two months from now, just quit after it. So they have a coach who's like checked out, which is, in my opinion, a very big weakness. The foundational structure for that team is not there. Um, how they make it out of this group, um, despite everything they have going against them right now, uh, they still qualified out of the CONCACAF field with pretty decent numbers. To me, it, it really just comes down to if they beat Poland, they're through. If they lose to Poland, they're out. Overall, the bucket they're in is they're they're not a nice story because they have so much going against them. So just just dark horse, watch out for this team. Can't imagine they're making like a semifinal run or anything like that. But um, I, you know they they do have uh, some real players on this team where they they can make a bit of a run to to maybe quarterfinals. Um, so so they're really interesting for a lot of reasons. And then that brings me to Poland, the final team in this group. Um, very interesting team. Also, not necessarily in the most positive way. Poland has not reached the knockout stage, meaning they haven't gotten through their group in 36 years, which is amazing in and of itself. Um, they are led by Lewandowski. He's the man, total baller, uh, been around for a long time. He's doing his thing for, for Barca. He, he's the, the captain of Poland right now. They also have Piotr Zelensky. He's a midfielder currently with Napoli. Offensive-minded first type of uh, midfielder, best known for his shot-creating skills. Stenze is their goalkeeper, uh, but for the first time in his career, he's struggling a little bit. He's 32 years old right now, so the best days of his career might be behind him. Strengths, um, you know, they, they, they're anchored by Lewandowski and Stenze on, on the front end and back end. If, they, if those two guys have their top form, they likely get through this group. Um, their weaknesses... They don't score much or win much for that matter at all. Um, they qualified for, for the World Cup by beating Sweden 2 nothing, with only possessing the ball for 39% of the time in that match. Um, aside from that, they've kind of backed their way into this. They have one win, uh, one draw, and three losses in their past five matches as a team. So not coming in with a lot of confidence. How they make it out of this group, similar to New Mexico, is beating them. They just got to beat Mexico in game one. That game one is as compelling as any in the entire field. And right now, Poland is the healthier team, the more foundationally structured, better functioning team from a coaching 
standpoint. And if they can go into the game thinking, you know, we, we just have to win this team, the, win this game. We don't have the distractions that Mexico does, you know, get through this game, win it, we're, we're through. Um, you know, I think they can get through the group and I actually think they pull that off. So the bucket they're in is they're a nice story. They're not going to make too much noise. This, the nice story of it is they'll be getting through the group stage for the first time in 36 years. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not making too much noise in the actual knockout stage. Best player in the group is Messi. How can it not be? And then who makes it through? I have Poland, Poland as the two seed with Argentina as the one seed. I would love to hear your boys' thoughts on that breakdown. I agree. Something, you know, doesn't seem right with Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, it just, it stinks over there. I, um, it's funny you mentioned uh, Alexis Vega. I have it on good authority from my uncle's friend. Yes. One of the great Danish handicappers, <laughs> Alexis Vega to lead the team in goals. Um, I just took it earlier today at 18 to one. I think I moved the line on FanDuel. It's now 15 to one. Um, yeah, young, bright star. I think that's going to be basically their only, you know, only bright spot, uh, on this tournament. Um, and yeah, I, I like going with a guy like Lewandowski. Um, I think he gets them through, but yeah, Argentina cruises. Yep. Yeah. It seems like a, a cakewalk for Argentina. Um, I disagree on, on Poland. Um, I think if you can shut down Lewandowski, Poland's a very one dimensional team Yeah, and Mexico just has a lot of dudes that can get it done. Um, it's a well-balanced team. I don't think the coach even matters if they, if they even have a coach on the sidelines, they could still win. Uh, one thing on, on Mexico, they have advanced past the group stage, seven straight world cups. Hmm. They have lost in the round of 16, seven straight World Cups. Wow. So past isn't always the future, but something to keep in mind. They can get out of group stages. It's just getting to that fourth game. It's uh, been their curse. I like that. Yeah, I take that back. I think Mexico, they get out and then immediately booted. Yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> it, it feels like that's a, that's a team that would, would qualify and get immediately booted. Um. But at the same time, like, you, you really don't think this coaching situation matters at all? In soccer, I, I think coaching matters the least. Or, you know, that's like the, the, in terms of major sports, we look at football, it maybe matters most. Basketball certainly matters a lot. I, soccer, I just don't really think it matters. Um, huh. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be 11 guys out there for, probably 60 minutes, you know, there's only so much coaches really do and, and change tactically that the players don't do themselves. I, I, I just don't like the fishiness. It smells, it smells bad. Some, something's wrong with it. So yeah. it doesn't pass the eye test. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't pass the eye test. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some merit to the fact that, um, you know, it's like the, these guys are almost, self-coached right yeah like they're yeah and and yeah. who did we have as the fourth team in there saudis okay it is Saudis because we should talk about them because they can we play should spoiler. we should thank and you here's, yes here's my I, two I, favorite bets yeah. for this group every game that saudi arabia plays in bet the under number okay. two whatever game saudi arabia plays in bet a draw mm. yeah 
Okay. Do they just put guys in the box? They, par- and- they park the bus. They play really great team soccer because they all know each other well and they train together a lot. They don't score goals. They don't really venture forward outside of their shell. So if they get down, it's going to be tough for them to come back. But that's why I like the under and I like a draw. So I was tempted to put them through. Very tempted, but I didn't want to come out guns blazing on my first group that I'm analyzing. I, I put Saudi Arabia through. But I could see them you know, th- playing there's spoiler, a path. There's you know? a path. There's absolutely a path to it because if he draws, if Argentina just you know runs crazy on the rest of the group, you know they just got to sneak out a, a win or two. Yeah, it's 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 they're plus six hundred to make it through. I, I, I looked into it because I, I do like the recipe for it. But uh, I'm sticking with Poland for now, but I, I would not be shocked to hear that uh, it's Saudi Arabia that's getting through. Yeah, that group you might get out with like three points. It's it's not a good group, One right? I'm not, I'm not making things up. That's, that's weak. To have three teams that are pretty non-competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Love. All righty. Group D. All right, group this D. This is the yeah the the opposite of uh, Group C. This this group is is pretty awesome. Eric, you'll take this one because it's it's got the Danes in it. Yeah. Let's hear what you got. And the French. You know, I think there's typically like a little World Cup hangover. Um, you know, Germany winning um, in 2014. They didn't surprisingly didn't get out of the group in 18. I think that's happened a couple times, a few times in the past with you know. Um, Brazil and France, um, maybe even Spain after 2010. Um, although actually I'm not sure about those guys, but there's something that doesn't feel right about this French team. I agree. A lot of divas. I know I'm feel very confident. They're not repeating. Um, I, uh, earlier this year, Pogba, uh, who's hurt now, this could be karma, but his brother, uh, told the media, he claimed that uh, Pogba hired a witch doctor to place a curse on, um, on Kylian Mbappe. Uh, France is like star forward. So there's a lot of like, you know, kind of big egos, prima donnas, classic soccer prima donnas. Um, classic French. Classic French, right? yeah. At the same yeah. time, they are so loaded and so athletic and so fast. But I don't think they like each other. And I think you're just going to feel that. Um they won it four years ago, and I think that's it. Um, Pogba's hurt himself, um, and then but he's got to be pretty old at this point. Pogba's probably thirty. That's a good question, though. But I mean, he's still. I mean, he was great in the uh, in the Euro last year, like really, really excellent. Oh my um, god, he's young. He's only twenty nine. He's only twenty nine. He's, he's been around for a while already. Time. The big, yeah. the biggest loss, I think, um, is. Uh, this little, you guys probably know him, this little five foot, he might be five, five. I mean, he's tiny, this little N'Golo Conte. Um, but he's their motor. He's their glue. He just like, he makes everything run. He's like the best defensive midfielder, I think by far in the world, maybe in a long time. Um, so he's out, um, and they're going to have to rely on some super young midfielders. Um, another interesting thing. France's, you know, top club team, PSG, is owned by the Qataris. Um, mm. Mbappe wants, I think, out of PSG. The Qataris want him to stay. He's just an ego. I think it's just going to be, it's going to be weird vibes. Um, on top of that, 
the Danes have kind of owned France recently. We beat them twice this year. Um, plus that, you know, World Cup hangover thing. I think, you know, the Danes um, are a decent bet to come out first in this group. They play like a team. Um, they're still kind of coming off that high of a run in 2021, uh, last year, L cup, um, you know, with Ericsson going down, the only kind of thing that worries me is like, they're turning into everybody's darling dark horse. Um, Mm -hmm. but they're a fun team. They play as a unit. Um, they're brothers. Um, and I think they're going to make a nice run. Um, but they're not close to as talented as France. Um, and then I really don't think this Australian or Tunisian team are going to do much of anything. So I don't have too many notes on them other than Tunisia's nickname is the Eagles of Carthage, which is, I think, one of the great uh, national team nicknames. Um, but yeah, this Danish team is awesome. So what is your expectation as a Denmark fan going into it? Is it to get through and you're happy or you want to win this thing group D I don't think I mean it's such a long shot to win this thing Denmark has less than six million people and not that many of them are are as fast as a lot of these other guys um I don't know I think making a run we made it to the semis lost to England um on kind of a bullshit penalty kick but we just looked kind of outclassed they looked way faster Mm -hmm. than us um So we would have to get lucky. Um, we won the Euro Cup in 1992, 30 years later. I'm 30. So there's the vibes are strong. Um, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it for me. Um, but I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet that, no. But I think they make a, a real but they, run to quarters or something. They I mean, everyone to me... Actually, yeah. I caveat that. The problem here is... If you come out second in this group, you're going against Argentina. Um, right. I think France will play angry and a little bit desperate trying to avoid that match. Um, so that I'll say that Denmark, I think, makes a good run if they come out first in this group, which I... Okay. Do, uh, they have a black uniform, right? The Danes? They, they, I think they do, yeah. But I, I don't think you'll see it in the World Cup. I, I think I feel like I've seen it in the World Cup before. No, didn't they lose in PKs? Was that 2014? Who did they lose to in 2014? In 2014, um, 2014. I don't know. 2018, we lost to Croatia, who ended up in in penalty kicks. Who ended up? In- that was that. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, probably Croatia was in their blacks. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Either way, those are the two. Those are the two best. Those are the two best unis in in all of sports, let alone the World Cup. Denmark and Croatia. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was that was tough because we we just got crushed in uh, in PKs, and then and then Croatia ended up making a run. Yeah, that could have been Denmark. So that I mean that yeah. And, and do you feel like from this 2018 team, this is? Um, generally cores together the, the the main guys are yeah totally um we've had this central defender simon care forever he's like um i don't know kind of the heart and soul of the team um just total class act um tatted up too 
which is unusual for a name, but maybe less so these days. Ericsson is just kind of like um, Denmark's talisman. Um, he's just super creative, great passer, um, and dangerous on on set pieces. He's the guy that you know almost died on the field last year. Oh, he's playing? He's playing. And he's playing wow. well, too. He's back in the Premier League. People didn't think he would play again, and he's bounced back really quick. Um, so Denmark, I, I don't know. They really, like, they care about each other. They love each other. There's, like, there's very good vibes on this Danish team. But I think everyone's who, on to us a little bit. Who Who's the best player in this group? Mbappe? Mbappe, yeah, by far. Yeah. I mean, the probably the individually, France has the 20 best players in this group. Wow. Yeah. Khan, anything to add about Group D? It, it's huge for Denmark to take the D here. Um, yeah. Because you don't want to see Argentina in the round of 16. Right. And I think they have the skill set to do it. They have the team to do it. I think France is, you know, they're fat and happy after four years ago. Um, I could see Tunisia upsetting them. Um, and France not even making it out of this group. Wow. The Pogba, um, you know, injury is, is, is big for them. You know, they're just, they're not the same team they were four years ago. Yeah. Pogba um, and Conte have been their two center midfielders for, you know, yeah. 10 oh, years. And, yeah, what about, Conte, is, is Ozil still on the team? Ozil's in Germany. Germany. Who am I, I thinking of? Who, who's the older guy? You're probably team? thinking of Benzema, who's been in Benzema. Yes, thank you. Benzema. Been, yeah. And he won the player of the year last year. He won Ballon d'Or, yeah. He's for, incredible. Yeah. So they have him, Mbappe. They've got probably the best backup striker in the world, too, and Giroud, who's also... I mean, these guys have just been there. But yeah, I think they, they're kind of sick of each other. Um, and it's kind of almost time for France to, like, turn over um, and let these young guys run it. But um, yeah, I think, like Connor said, they're a little fat and happy. Right. I like it. All right, let's have Denmark coming out of the uh, one seed in that group. And with that, we'll we'll turn it over to group. What are we up to? A, B, C, D, E, E. And that is Connor's responsibility. Connor, yeah, so talk to us about group E. Um, this is a great group. Um, yeah. Really, you have two teams here that could win it all. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be very competitive. So, you know, I'll start with Spain. Uh, they are the favorites of the group. Um, I think they come out number one. They legitimately can win it, win it all. Um, mm-hmm. They're a strong team as usual. They s- play the same style of Spanish soccer where they're going to hold the ball for 75% of the game. Um, but what it comes down to is, will they be aggressive and get to goal and try to score from the first minute? So we saw um, that play out in the Euro Cup where they didn't quite have that same killer edge. Um, but I think based on these two young guys to watch, um, they're going to be attacking. They're going to control the ball. Um, and I think they win the group. So those two guys are two Barca studs, Pedri and Ansu Fati. Uh, Pedri is a ball control guy. Um, he's really a, a wizard with the ball. When you watch videos of him, it's it's reminiscent of of a Messi. Um, and he's young. Um, and kind of the Javi, Iniesta, you know, the second coming of, of the class of guys. In, incredible. Um, and then Ansu Fati, um, he's going to score some goals up top. Um, always with Spain, the issue is, will they score? Um, I think they do here. Um, and I think they, uh, they get aggressive and, uh, and they win this group, um, which is, you know, somewhat of a bold call. And I, I, 
you know, the, that bet is probably pretty decent on a payout because of the second team um, that I'm about to mention here, um, which is also a, you know, a heavy favorite and could potentially win it all. And that's Germany. Mm-hmm. Again, strong team. They had a disappointing 2018 um, you know, go where they did not make it out of their group stage where Sweden ended up topping the group in rather incredible fashion. Um, but it's one of these, these teams that all of their guys are playing, you know, the top flight in Germany or in other leagues throughout Europe. Um, they're really, really deep. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're kind of a little bit old, um, in some spots when you look at like, uh, a Neuer is still playing goalie. Uh, you still have Mueller who's trying to score goals. Um, but they have one young kid who we need to mention. It's Jamal Musila. He's a Bayern, uh, young talent, great ball control. Um, that guy is a, is a special talent. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, so he's one of those guys that probably is the best player in the German league this year that no one in the U.S. knows. And then all of a sudden he comes out and he plays for Germany. He's amazing. And everyone goes nuts and says, this guy, Jamal Musila is absolutely incredible. Um, so he's someone that's going to be fun to watch. Um, I actually don't think they make it out of the group. Um, and, uh, Back to back years, back to back. I historically uh, underrate uh, Germany, um, but uh, you know I think a different axis power is going to make it out of there, <laughs> and that's Japan. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed about this group was is the axis group. <laughs> it was the axis group. Yeah, I mean you have the fascists with Spain, Germany, and the axis group, then Costa yeah. Rica just kind of got thrown in there. Italy in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But one thing we did not even mention, it's amazing. We've been recording for an hour and Italy is not in this World Cup. How is that possible? They, they won the Euros, very diff- right? So they won the Euro Cup, but it's very difficult to um, qualify out of Europe. They lost to uh, Northern Macedonia um, mm. and they got bounced. And and that's what happens. Um, Can't be losing to Northern Macedonia. It's like when the US lost to Trinidad and Tobago. And right. they didn't make it four years right. ago. It's crazy. Yeah. They, you know, they win that match and we could be talking about like, you know, Italy winning this thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And said they're at home. Um, it's, it's incredible. Um, so they're not in it. Um, but, uh, and Japan, correct me if I'm wrong, gave Belgium a real run for their money in 2018. Japan would give every team a run for their money. This is, uh, but Belgium, weren't they up to nothing pretty late on Belgium? In 2018, am I making right, that up? Right, and then Belgium came back. Lukaku, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was like, yeah, oh, this game was so sick. Was, it was probably yeah. the game of the tournament. That guy yeah. Honda, who looked like he was out of uh, Tokyo Drift with the bleach blonde <laughs> hair, he was incredible. Set piece, yeah. Artist. They were up two nothing late. Late, they were up two nothing, and they blew it. It's it was. Uh, I mean, it seems like you know these guys would have you know a good shot of getting out of any other group. I, I've got it right here. Ready. Yeah. Uh, Japan scored in the 48th minute and the 52nd minute. So they're up 2 nothing in the 52nd minute. Belgium scored in the 69th minute, the 74th minute, and the 94th minute wow. yeah. to win. Who scored That's, in the 94th? It's always I Lukaku. I, I, I think Lukaku had the assist. I remember, they were running like a weave. It was like the the cleanest goal I've ever seen. It was uh, I don't know how to pronounce this game. This guy's last name C H A D I I Chadi. Whoa, no, I don't know. Uh, I I can promise you, Lukaku had the assist. It it was uh, set up. He was just a bulldog down the field. 
Chadley. I got to go back and watch those highlights. Um, the Belgium team gets me really excited. That's such a fun team to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to talk style. about them. Yeah, um, they're, they're in my group. But that Japan team, you're not going to recognize a lot of, you know, what was going on with that team as this team as a uh, new coach took over and totally cleaned house. Um, but I think they can take out one of these European favorites, and I think it's going to be Germany. Mm. They're really sneaky strong with solid World Cup qualifiers. They just played the U.S. and beat them 2-0 pretty handily, and they're really defensively built, um, and uh, and they're young. So you know that bodes well for being a dark horse where no one really knows anything about them. Um, they do have uh, you know a few star players, uh, one of them being uh, the center back on Arsenal, Tamiyasu. So they have the guys, they have, you know, that one stud that people can look at. Um, so the way they get out of this group is they beat Costa Rica, which is the fourth team, which I'll get to. And then they draw against, you know, Spain and Germany, something like that. And all of a sudden they're through and, uh, and Germany's going home. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, the last team, which is Costa Rica, uh, this is, you know, a nice story, um, but it's not this time. So if you guys remember famously in 2014, there's this group of death in Brazil. Mm -hmm. It was England, Italy, and Uruguay. So three teams that had won uh, the World Cup previously. Previously. The fourth team in that was Costa Rica. Costa Rica won that group, which was insane. That's an awesome story. It's not going to happen this time. Um, they had a huge comeback in qualifiers, so they qualify out of the CONCACAF, the one that the U.S., Mexico, Canada are in. Um, they were towards the bottom after the first half, um, and they had a miraculous second-half comeback, eclipsing Panama, and ended up tying U.S. in points in CONCACAF, which is really impressive. Uh, they're defensive-minded, um, and they do have a star attacker in Joel Campbell, um, who's on the older side now. Um, he used to play for Arsenal. Now he plays for uh, Lyon in um, Mexico. Um, but it's a team that can make some noise, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be this time. So overall, I see Spain winning it. I see Japan getting the second slot, just playing great team soccer. And Germany going home again. And Costa Rica just not able to get it going this time. That 2014 story is awesome. Yeah. I think it's a lot of the same guys from 14, and I think they're kind of old, and I yes. really bet they're, they could be the worst team in the in the cup this year. So I, I do have a, a segment, or not a segment, but uh, a nickname for some of these teams. These teams are the gotta-go kid. Um, <laughs> so like, if Costa Rica doesn't make noise this World Cup, it, you know, their average age on their on their squad is 34. Yeah. You know, th- this is their team, then they're they're going to recycle and it's going to be a number of years till they come back. There are a few other got to go kids um, in this, uh, um, in this world cup, Costa Rica being one of them. I think Belgium's a got to go kid. Belgium's a golden generation. They really haven't done it. Um, No big trophies. And these guys are all, you know, I think now on the other side of 30. Yes. Um, And I'll, I'll get to that. I I personally think, think, you know, Spain and Germany are just too much. They get out. It's too bad for Japan. They just were stuck in the wrong group. But I think like Connor said, Spain is tough. I think they're going to score goals. I think Murata, who is, has kind of been unreliable historically. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. And I think the Germans are just solid. But, you know, this is not getting out of the group in World Cups. That's too much. I'm with Eric. But this, you wouldn't consider this the group of death, would you? No. I no. think 
you know, statistically, I think the U.S. group, Group B, would be the group of death based on their average FIFA ranking is the highest. Um, but I think you know, the last group that I'll cover, which is Group G, is is really a potential group of death there. I think Group F, which I'm about to get into, is... I don't think there's... I think in past years, there's definitely been worse groups of death. I think it's... Yes. It's There's no true group of death maybe this year. Yeah. Con, real quick, before we move on, who's the best player in this group? I think it's Pedri. Pedri for Spain. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Group F. This is... Group C was not fun to get through. It was kind of like pulling teeth. Group F is awesome. I'm excited to talk about this. So let's start with, again, no no rhyme or reason as to how these groups fell into place for how I'm about to go through them. Um, this is just kind of how they were uh, portrayed to me when you Google search Group F. So uh, we'll start with Belgium. The number two team in the entire world, according to FIFA, despite an out-of-form roster. Currently, uh, players to know they're loaded. De Bruyne, Man City, he's a dog. Lukaku, Inter Milan, dog. Courtois, goalkeeper, Real Madrid, dog. The Azard brothers between Thorgon and Eden, dogs. So they're just loaded. The strengths of this team, loaded. Talented as any that you could possibly drum up for, for a World Cup team. Uh, weaknesses. Currently injured, not in top shape, and not young, which could prove to hurt them down the stretch. In my opinion, this is a tournament in Qatar that's built for a team that can withstand challenges throughout the life of a tournament. And I I am not sure that Belgium is that team to withstand those challenges. I think they can wither a bit down the stretch. Um, So there's some real question marks around them there. How they make it out of this group play their game. Uh, they have a tough group, but you know if they take it one game at a time, they're not looking forward to the knockout stage. They actually focus on the group. They're talented enough to, to just make it through on, on that alone. Um, the bucket they are in, they are a championship contender. Canada. Connor, I'm sure you're pretty excited to talk, to talk about Canada. They are the 2022 World Cup darlings. They went 14-2-4. and four during World Cup qualifications. They have cooled off over a few friendlies recently, but they're they're pretty electric. Um, and, and surprisingly enough, this is only their second World Cup appearance ever. Top players to know, Alfonso Davies. He's a winger. This guy's awesome. He is 22 years old. He plays for Bayern Munich. He is a budding star. He is electrifying. He is recorded as one of the fastest athletes in the entire World Cup field. He's really fun to watch. Kyle Lahren, he is a forward. He led CONCACAF qualifying with six goals. And he went to UConn which is pretty cool. So he's a local guy. And then Jonathan David, he's a forward who is also 22 years old and who can also put the ball in the net. Their strengths, um, they're, they're talented. No team scored more goals and conceded less goals than Canada in the entire CONCACAF qualifying. Their weaknesses are, on the flip side, they are very inexperienced, at, not only as a country, but the individual players themselves. And along with that, they're actually pretty cold coming into the tournament. Their friendlies have not gone so well recently. Um, how they make it out of this group, take three points from Morocco. 
very important um, and take at least a point from Croatia. It's a bit of an uphill battle to get out of this because both Croatia and Belgium sit in this group. But if they can take a point from Belgium, uh, sorry, from Croatia, then they're certainly in the mix. Um, overall, in the bucket I have them in, they're a nice story. Morocco, top players to know. I'm not going to spend much time on this team because although they have some players, um, the group's too tough. Uh, players to know, Ashraf Hakimi, he's a forward. Uh, he, he's played for Real Madrid, Inter Milan, and currently plays for Paris Saint-Germain, uh, a, a real good player. And Hakim Ziyech, he's a winger who also plays for Chelsea. So they have some studs, and that's their strength. They can lean heavily on their studs, but for the most part, not the most well-rounded team. Their weakness, another very funky story. Their head coach was fired in August, like three or four months ago. Does not bode well for them. The group is loaded. Um, you know, it, it's just going to take pretty much a miracle to get out of this group. How they make it out, similar to Saudi Arabia, they just hope that Belgium beats up on Canada and Croatia and wins outright in those games, and then Canada and Croatia tie each other, and then maybe they sneak out a lucky win. All of a sudden, they're in the mix, but for the most part, not a real contender. The bucket they're in is they are Godspeed. Next up, we have Croatia, 2018 World Cup runner-up, and as I alluded to before, the best uniform in the entire world. Top players to know, Luka Modric, Real Madrid forward. He's an absolute stud, 2018 Golden Ball winner. He is, however, suddenly 37 years old. Mateo Kovacic, he is a midfielder known for spreading the wealth at Chelsea. He is 28 years old in his prime. And then, excuse me if I mispronounce this, Josko <laughs> Javardiol. He is a 20-year-old center back. 20 years old, 2-0. He is one of the game's uh, up-and-coming defensive talents in the entire world. So he's something to watch out for. Their strengths, of course, they've, they've been there before. They went to the championship in the 2018 World Cup. They're also getting hot as of recently. They've played better better soccer, better, better team game um, most recently. Their core from 2018, however, is not really the same. They've had a few retirements, a couple new faces, um, kind of has a recipe for a letdown because of that. Um, they went really cold after the 2018 World Cup. And, and you know, maybe that means they just got hot at the right time in 2018. How they make it out of this group, similar to Canada, have to take three points from Morocco. And then from there, beat Canada or at least take a point from them. And that could be enough for their finale with Belgium. They actually round out with Belgium, which is pretty interesting. My gut tells me if they're playing their third game and they get a draw with Belgium, they're through. That's just how I feel about this team. The bucket they're in, they're probably the first team out on the championship contender watch. I don't have them there. I have them more as a dark horse watch out type of team. They, they, um, you know, it, it, it feels wrong of me to not put them in that championship contender field, but it's not the same team as it was in 2018. And I kind of got the sense that they got right at the hot time. So uh, I could be wrong, but I'm not backing their chances overall. Who makes it through? I have Belgium and Croatia, um, but I, I don't think Croatia or Canada, whoever makes it through as their two seed is not making much of a run overall. The best player in this group, I would say, mm, 
I would say is Lukaku. He's just so electric. Even though he's not fully healthy, I'd still go with Lukaku. Thoughts from the boys? I think the best players got to be either De Bruyne or Modric. I think they both have cases as like top midfielders in the world. He's 37 years old. Modric is? Yeah. Yeah, but he, he that's not the way he beats you. But like, you know, he's just like, right. he's just like a maestro. Um, but I would, I would lean De Bruyne. I mean, he's just incredible. And yeah. Yeah. He's, he, it was a toss up between him and Lukaku. I'm not as bullish on the Belgians as you guys are. I mean, we've been told they're like, you know, the Belgian golden generation for years now. They haven't done anything and, um, they're coming into this tournament, like you said, pretty banged up. Uh, Lukaku, I think has had hamstring injuries all year. De Bruyne is still in top form, but, um, they're a little bit older. I know the two center backs well from watching a good amount of Tottenham. Alderweireld and Vertonghen are both like 36 and do not move that well. Um, so I'm fading Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hot on, on Canada. Um, they're counterpunching. They're fast. They do not play scared. And Alfonso Davies, I think, is like the fastest guy in the tournament and is going to have He's awesome. really fun moments. Um so I think them and Croatia get out. Oh, you don't think Belgium gets through? No, I'm fading Belgium big time. Con? Yeah, I think that's a, a big ups. I think Belgium just has too much going on. They're just yeah, they're still just too good. But they did have to cart some guys out to to throw them at defense, which is alarming. Um, and these guys are absolutely got to go, kid. If it's not now, it's never happening for Belgium. Right. So maybe they kind of see that coming as like, look, guys, like. We've been together for a while. We haven't really pushed it. This is it for us. Yeah. Like you could see them in like a third game of the group stage, similar to like what they did against Japan with their back against the wall. They just erupt. I like De Bruyne. If Belgium makes a push, De Bruyne is probably going to win uh, Golden Ball as MVP of the tournament. Um, Canada, they got screwed here with their, you know, with their group. They did. Um, right? They did an incredible qualifier, um, qualifying run finishing top in the CONCACAF. Um, they're young. They're exciting. Um, yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch them, but it seems like they're more of a 2026 story. So when I was deciding between Croatia and Canada as the two seed coming out of this, because I, I did have Belgium as the one, um, Canada has not played as well in 2022 as they did in 2021. How much of the World Cup, do you, how much stake do you put into a team that's coming in kind of hot versus a little cold? I just think you have to be fit. You just need guys to be healthy. Um, and that matters so much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you necessarily need to be getting wins as teams. Like, you know, so Canada won today. They, they beat Japan 2 1. Um, but they sub out half of their guys at halftime and they scored the goal in the second half. So how much can we really, you know, glean from that result? especially on the friendly side. They're um, playing friendlies November 17th? Um, I believe they played them. Um, yeah, I think they... I believe they played. There's got to be game plan that's being hidden. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I, so I, I don't know if you can really read into the, the friendlies right. much. Um, yeah. They crush qualifiers. But you know that was played in frigid Canada for their home games. Um, where they took care of business against the U.S. and Mexico at home. Um, it's a much different beast traveling to Qatar 
and going up against a world-class team that has the likes of you know, De Bruyne and Lukaku. And you have to beat those teams in order to, to you know, get by them. And, Who wins and, the... and you can't really sleep on Morocco either. You know, I don't... So, Do you think there's a chance to get through Morocco? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, I, I think it's you know, pretty much, you know, Belgium is, is going to take it. Um, but then after that, if we really think that Croatia may falter or maybe even Belgium falters, as, as Eric thinks, you know, I, I could see Morocco edging out Canada there. Well, I, I did have similar thoughts to Eric, where I thought that if there was a group where the pot one team was not making it through, it was probably group F with, with Belgium. So I, I did look into Croatia and Canada as the qualifiers and it's plus 1600 for those two teams to make it through. And I, I got the sense that that's, that's too tall. That's like, yeah. that's scary. That's like, they really don't think that's going to happen. Um, I like it. It could be a good bet. Yeah. You, you like it? Yeah, Eric? Man, yeah. I mean, I like okay. before that, I didn't think it would be plus 1600. So yeah, like, that's 1600. how like dark horses are formed. You know, we were talking about like, like Denmark, you know, they're not a dark horse anymore. You know, they are here. Right. They're yeah. on the, the, the big stage. Nobody knows anything about, you know, Morocco or Canada. Where they can come in and just set the world on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Canada specifically is just electric. I mean, they're they're insane. Yeah. They've got guys on every side of the ball. It's really impressive. Um all right. So we'll 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 talk bets in a bit, but let's get through these last two groups. Um we we got G and H. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Is it uh yes, Connor, G. You, you've I got have, G. I yep. have G. Take it away. Um this is a great group. To me, this is the group of death because mm-hmm. you have three teams that can really make a run uh, deep and you also have the favorite of the tournament. So starting with Brazil, they are favored to win it all. They're the FIFA rank number one. Uh, they are the number one overall seed. Uh, they mm-hmm. qualified handily in, in South America, uh, scoring 40 goals, giving up five. Jogo Benito is back. They have top talent, a lot of offensive depth. Um, this idea of Neymar dependencia is no more, meaning depending on Neymar as your only guy, that is out the window. They have so much talent, especially a guy that I think that people are going to love to watch, which is Vinny Jr., Vinicius Jr. He's lightning fast. He plays for Real. Uh, there's a reason why Kareem Benzema won Best Player of the Year. I think a big piece of it is looking at Vinny Jr. on his left flank. Um, the guy scored uh, the game winner in the Champions League final um, just in August. Um, I think he's 21 years old, absolutely electric. Um, I could see uh, you know, Brazil pushing really far into the tournament and, and winning this whole thing. Totally agree. Um, I like Vinny Jr. like scoring more goals than Neymar. I think he's incredible. He's another total breakout star. And, yeah, he's a, he's a breakout star. And you know, in terms of uh, you know, golden boot winners, um, yeah, I think it'd easily come from Brazil and there's three guys that could do it. Neymar is favored to do it really because of the name brand and also he gets the PKs. So if there's, you know, if you, you typically need about six goals to win Golden Boot, there could be two PKs and Neymar's getting those. Yeah, it's tough to bet on someone that doesn't take the PKs, but... And then the other guy who's going to score a lot of goals potentially in live action play, who's not in the best form coming into it is Ricarlison, um, mm-hmm. Everton guy. Um, now moved over to Tottenham. Um, 
Yeah, he's a guy who can score a lot of goals in, in live action. I would Brazil is going to be really fun to watch. They get to play Cameroon. They're probably going to score six goals. You know, Neymar could have a hat trick, and that's really what you need if you push far yeah. and you get a hat trick yeah. early on in the group stage. You win the Golden Boot. You end up scoring most goals. You know, Harry Kane did that uh, four years ago. Um, so they're my favorite to win the group, um, and uh, pretty handily. They're, they're going to be really, really fun. Um, so then, uh, you know, the next, uh, you know, the next step of this is is the two seed in this group, which is very competitive between Switzerland and Serbia. So mm-hmm. Switzerland, no one really talks about, but this is the golden um, age of Swiss soccer. They're FIFA ranked 15. They knocked France out of the most recent Euro Cup. They lost to Spain on PKs in that same Euro Cup. They're solid all the way around with players playing at all major European clubs and in Switzerland. They have an absolute star in Jaka, who's their uh, mid- center midfielder. He plays for Arsenal. And if any Arsenal fans are out there listening, you, know, you can attest that he's really in great form right now because he's always played great defense, but now he's really pushing into the attack more. Um, and he's just an absolute stud. Um, Switzerland is uh, you know, a definite dark horse that could take second. Um, and then Serbia is the other dark horse here. Um, they're in strong form. Um, they had no losses in qualifiers. Um, and you know, that's with Portugal in their European group. Um, but the big issue with Serbia is they've had no success on the grand stage as Serbia. All of their World Cup success has come under Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is the point where they really you know, break through. They have a great attack. A guy who I think Americans are going to absolutely love to watch um, is uh, this kid, Vla- uh, apologies if I butcher his name, it's uh, Vlahovic. <laughs> Every Vlahovic. one of their names is Mitrovic or Mitrovic. Serbia's <laughs> yeah. so, got to be the hardest in this, the entire world. This guy, yeah. Vlahovic, Juventus forward, he's a big guy. He's a big boy. And he's a lefty. He's electric. He, like when you watch him, he's kind of like a little bit Ibra. Like, he's a little yeah, bit Luca Toni from him. Italy. He's just that yeah. big center forward who can just destroy a game and a game plan by you know bodying someone and scoring a goal. Not he afraid is, to throw a few elbows. No, he is. He's really exciting to watch. Some jersey pulling. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend going out and watching some highlights on him. He's lighting up uh, Syria. Um, you know, playing for Juventus in the pink unis, which are also great kits on, on the club side. Um, so, you know, between, you know, between these two teams, I like Serbia to get out. Okay. Um, so do I. By no other reason besides the eye test in that they did not lose in qualifiers. And they, that just shows me that they're winners and they get things done and they got a center forward who can score some goals. Um, he's a dark horse candidate to win Golden Boot. If Serbia can make a push, you could see Serbia, this team looking a little bit like uh, what Croatia did, where they kind of come out of nowhere and push really far into the tournament, way farther than anyone you know, thought they would. Yeah, so, Serbia is a dark horse. I like that. So the way they do it is is they beat Cameroon and Switzerland. Uh, the last team in this is Cameroon, Godspeed. Uh, they're just happy to be there uh coming out of Africa. They had a massive upset against Algeria to qualify. Absolutely massive. Where they had to go to Algeria um after um you know a zero zero draw at home where they did a home and away. Um and they are down um 
uh, I believe one zero or or two one, and they scored a goal in like the last thirty seconds of play after only holding twenty percent of possession, and they won on away goals um, and and beat Algeria out, who's who's a great team in Africa. So yeah. it would take a major upset for them to get through. But look, they still have they still have top talent. Eric Maxim Chupo Moting is a Bayern forward. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think if the other team can shut him down, Cameroon won't really be able to, to push through. They probably get beat up a little bit, especially by Brazil here. And it turns really into a Switzerland versus Serbia battle for second place. The Brazil-Serbia combo is plus 165 to make it out. I feel like that's pretty good considering that Brazil-Switzerland is plus 130. Yeah, I like that. I'm with Connor, though. It really comes down to those two teams. I think that's maybe one of... The matches I'm most excited for in the group stage, there's political tensions. The Swiss hmm. always have a lot of Albanian players from like, you know, with Albanian and Kosovar origins going up against the Serbs. It's going to be intense, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm just going with the, the more talented roster with the Mitrovic's and crew. Um, the Swiss have a great goalkeeper, though, Jan Sommer. Um, right. I don't know if you guys saw him last year, but he was. The, they knocked out France in penalty kicks. He made about a thousand saves in that match. He He's made a up. save. He he blocked uh, Mbappe's shot to end it on the the final kick of the shootout. Um, he's a lot of fun. But I'm with Connor. Cameroon's just happy to be there. Watch out for the, the, right. the, the Cameroonian uh, first. Swiss, Swiss is having some, some issues. Swiss is having some issues though at, at the goaltender spot. So. If you notice, uh, I believe they're the only team in the World Cup that have four goal goalkeepers on their roster. Is Homer um, in bad form? He's injured. He's he injured. may play though. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing or not. It, it's still un, unsure if he's playing. Huh. So another small edge to to Serbia. Yeah. Uh, Khan, who, who's who's the best player in this group? Neymar is the best player in the group, um, yeah. but you know. We could be having this conversation in a week and a half, and we could be like, "Yeah, Vinny Jr. was the best player." Wow! And this is getting a little ahead, but a bet I love is Serbia to make the quarterfinals plus four thirty because I'm bearish on on Group H. Yeah, I think you know Portugal. I mean, we'll get there, but a lot of a lot of smelly stuff going on. I think that's a good segue into Group H. Con, do you have anything else to add for Group H, or we get to yeah, roll on, move in Group H? All right, E, take it away, Group H. Yeah, so I thought I was Group G, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of roll through this quick. Um, Portugal, there's something just super. I mean, Ronaldo. I don't know if you guys have been following, but he's trying to force his way out of Manuel, burning yeah. every bridge along the way. I mean, he could play. You know, I don't know if he's playing good, angry, or bad, angry, but he's he's just in. He's, he's toxic right now. I think all his teammates in Portugal will be afraid of him. I don't like Portugal to get out. I think they're they're going to, I don't think they're getting out. Um, the problem is, I don't know who the second team is. I feel good about right. Uruguay, uh, mm-hmm. Las Celeste. Um, you know, they still have Suarez and Cavani. They're super old, but still, you know, super dangerous. Uh, those two, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know. They're just assassins. Um, street fighters. Total street fighters. I mean, yeah. Suarez could be taking the chomp out of some guy's ear. <laughs> Cavani, I mean, he's, they're just statuesque. I mean, th- those two are dangerous. And then they've got one of the most like young, exciting midfielders in the world, and this kid, Frederico Valverde. 
Um, and the Uruguayans just say they, they're always tough. They play fearless, usually a little dirty. Um, I like them to come out on top. Uh, we got to check the mm-hmm. odds on that, but I think they come out first. Um, South Korea, you know, I don't think they have much help for probably my favorite player in the world in Hoang Min Sun. I think he could maybe figure it out. He's that good to get these guys out. Um, he's got incredible pace. He's a lot of fun. He plays happy. Um, and then Ghana, I don't think they're one of the stronger African teams. So, I, you know, really my take here is is Uruguay is is the bet to come out mm-hmm. on top. I could see Portugal, you know, sneaking in and then and then getting bounced in round of 16 um, just because the rest of the group is kind of weak. Uruguay is plus 185 to win this group. I feel like that's something I would definitely rally behind. Yeah, I like it. And there's a huge revenge game here. Um, so our favorite World Cup, it seems like the 2010 World Cup. Um, do you guys recall Suarez clearing a ball off the goal line with his arms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets the red card. And then they go to a PK. And they miss the PK. That was Ghana. Ooh. Ghana bounced the U.S. that year. They did. Ghana yeah. bounced the U.S. two times. No, no, no. U.S. beat Ghana in 14, right? In 14, yes. But then in the, the I believe, uh, you know, the previous uh, uh, World Cup. Oh, was Cup, there something before? Ghana, so that's, Ghana that's beat a full-blown rivalry at this point between U.S. and Ghana. This, yeah, there's bad. There is. It's too there's much. Bad, but, <laughs> this is way too much. Um, yeah, where yeah, Ghana bounced the U.S. in uh, in 2010. Um I believe then also there was the group stage that Ghana bounced the U.S. out of, where it was basically the last, this was, I believe we were in seventh grade. Um, this was oh, you know, the, the last game um, of the group stage. U.S. needed to beat Ghana, and Ghana beat the U.S., and they advanced. So they essentially bounced them twice. The Zinedine Zidane uh, year. Yeah, great World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you got to think that Ghana remembers that Suarez... Um, handball, you know, basically goaltender save. I, I believe that was an extra time. Um, and then they missed the PK and then ended up losing that game. Uh, yeah, that's uh, in penalties. So, you know, that, that was the 120th minute uh, was that red card. So that's the last possible minute of extra time in the elimination stage. So Ghana remembers that. They're coming for blood against Uruguay. Luis Suarez is still out there. That was the World Cup of Forlan, very famously won the um, MVP of that tournament. He was incredible. Yeah. Golden boot. Um, yep. Yeah. I like the idea of Uruguay winning this this group. I'm off Portugal. Yeah, some um, over there. So we're at an hour 42. Let's wrap this up with some bets. I feel like this was a pretty, pretty damn good breakdown. Um, what, what we'll do for bets is we will start with um, group futures, meaning group winners to qualify from group and bottom of group. If we have any of those, then we'll go to 
team futures, stage of elimination, finalists and winner, and then player futures like golden ball, golden glove, top goal scorer, et cetera. Um, but we don't have to stick to that, but that's, that's general, a, a, a general flow of what I think would, would make sense for how we go about this. So I'll let you two take over uh, and hit me with what you got for your, your best bets. Well, Group A, uh, Netherlands to win. Do you know the odds on it? I believe it's, you know, uh, Eric said earlier, minus 195. Minus 195, yeah, to win the group. Mm-hmm. I see minus 280. You move the line. Did I move it again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on FanDuel. I'm on DraftKings. I still have minus 195 Netherlands. So I, I certainly like that. I mean, that that looks attractive given the injuries to Senegal, the quality of, of Ecuador, and Qatar may not have enough magic to take out Netherlands, but uh, just enough to, to squeak through and get through. So I, I like Qatar to advance um, whatever those um, you know odds are, mm-hmm. Let's see what which they, they must be uh, rather juicy. Um, the Group A... Plus three fifty, love that. Yeah, so you put it on the board. To, you yeah, have to like advance that. plus three fifty. Yeah, I can definitely love that. that. Yeah, that's a must. Building off the Netherlands winning the group. I mean, this is kind of jumping around a little, but I I like a parlay where you got Netherlands, Argentina, Brazil, all to win the group. I just don't see. I think there's going to be some chaos, but just I wonder if those okay, three, I don't let me see. see if I can. Dude, Netherlands is. Oh wait, I'm on. I'm under plus to qualify. <laughs> Netherlands is minus twelve hundred to qualify. Um, okay, they're minus two eighty to win it. Let's see if I could parlay these. It was Netherlands, Argentina, and Brazil. Argentina, Argentina and Brazil. I both have it minus two eighty. So it's plus. It's about plus one eighty. Parlayed. Yeah, parlay the favorite. Parlay is only plus one fifty for a three way parlay. I don't see how those three aren't getting out. I won't do it, but it's plus 150 if you want it. So many things can happen. I feel like teams will eventually start playing for the get through. You know, if something goes wrong up front, the the mindset is not to to win it outright. It's to I don't know, though. I mean, I guess it depends what's going on on the other group. But I mean, the difference between playing like in Argentina versus... Um, you know, a Mexico is just yeah, but massive. things get weird quickly. It can get yeah, yeah. Um, look at all right, fire them out. What else you like? I like uh, Group A winner, like we just talked about most recently. But Uruguay plus two hundred. I forget what you said you had it at, Brad, but I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think it was plus one eighty. And then just just because it was recent, I also like Serbia to reach the quarters plus three eighty, just because I'm I'm not that high on that group age. Because but it's stage of elimin- it's it's stage of elimination though. So you think they won't make it further than quarters? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at player futures right now. Where's my Argentine? Uh, Golden Glove. Let's see. And then personally, I feel really good about U.S. just getting out. Yeah. Minus 105 to qualify. U.S. 
qualify. How do you feel about my Argentine goalkeeper at plus 700, Emiliano Martinez? It's tough. To win the Golden Glove. No, uh, so only European goalies have won the Golden Glove in its wow. existence. Do you, interesting. Um, do you like Courtois? Stat. So it it really depends on it has to be a, a team that gets far enough and the guy faces enough shots. Um, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a a formula, um, right? If anyone, I could I think it could be Allison out of Brazil. Um, he, he's the favorite at plus three fifty. It's hard to take favorites, so I'd probably stay away. It, it's the Golden Glove is very hard to tell because you need the defense to let up shots. But he also keeps a clean sheet, and they get far. Do we like Harry Kane Golden Ball at plus sixteen hundred? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's pretty damn good value, honestly. Or do do we like Harry Kane better for top goal scorer at plus seven hundred? Oh, top goal scorer. Yeah, I prefer top goal scorer probably. Yeah, but I, I like the both favorite. of those bets. I think England will go far. Um. I like uh, top goal scorer Alvaro Morado at thirty four to one, and I like Memphis Depay at uh, twenty three to one. Uh, I was going to say Memphis Depay. I'm liking those odds at twenty to one. What I'm seeing right here, he was great in the Euro. He's um, he plays really well for the national team, um, and they've got an easy. He'll be playing games too. Like they're they're getting through Group A. Yeah, I'm high on this Dutch team. Yeah, I like Depay at 20 to 1 top goal scorer. Golden Ball is a different different deal though. So um, so Golden Ball I I like Messi quite a bit here. Um, plus 550 just because if Argentina can get to the semis or finals, which it seems like a, a pretty good good bet on that. Mm-hmm. Messi is their orchestrator and he would be, right. you know, their best player on their squad. Um and I think he could he could end up winning it there. It's not always the the winning team that wins that award. Yeah, right. And I think well, World Cup. I mean, maybe I just want to see it, but I think this is kind of finally where we get the decision on Ronaldo, Messi, who's greater. I think you know Portugal burns out early, and and Messi leads this team far, um, and it's kind of like the final, you know, stamp on 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 Messi's resume. He he needs it. I mean, it's, he's already, in my opinion, solidified as the best soccer player ever. But I think one more, you know, he gets a World Cup under his belt and he, there's no debating it. Right? I think if they win the World Cup, he's the best. Yeah. yeah. The best ever. Virgil van Dyke for Golden Ball at plus 3,500. That's sticking out to me a little bit. You like him, right? I do, but I, I, I don't think I think if anyone, it's De Young on that team. Um, Van Dyke is what, like thirty-two. I mean, I think you know he was. I mean, he's great, but I, I just don't, I don't see it. He's great, but it's tough as a defender. I mean, you have to be like playing out. Of the yeah, mark. yeah, that's true. Who is this? Uh... Vinicius Junior, that's Vinny Junior. I was talking about Vinny Junior. Yeah, 
That's Vinny Jr. Jeez, that he guy is all over. He's been he's going to be fun to watch for real. I um, he is all over the uh, the odds. I like him on Golden like, Boot and Golden Ball. Yeah, I do too. Golden Ball, he's sixteen to one. Most assist, he's ten to one. Uh, Golden, let's see. He's in a great spot Top. to to crush within that team. Right. He's pretty low. I don't see him on top goal scorer. I wouldn't expect him to be a top goal scorer on that squad. That's 28 to one. Name our goal scorer or Rick Harlison on the, the goal scorer side. Yeah. Probably, probably for just best overall player. Yeah. Nice. But then the original right. bets I had mentioned, Saudi Arabia draw every game. You're going to want to yep. take that and Saudi Arabia under every game. Con, I'm curious, who do you have for top U.S. goal scorer? Because we don't have a true number nine. It, it's going to end Pulisic? up being... Who's taking no, the penalties also? So um, I guess Pulisic would probably take the penalties, um, but it would be uh, Jesus Ferrara, who's going to be the... Uh, Ferrara is going to be the, uh, the goal scorer. Um, just by virtue of him playing center forward, um, Pulisic is interesting. He's kind of dropped back a little bit and been more of a ball collector and distributor um, as he's aged over the past, you know, four or five years. Yeah. Um, so that's someone, uh, you know, Jesus uh, Ferreira would be someone who, who can score a lot. Is it worth taking a flyer on like Gio Reyna or, you know? It's hard because he's yeah. going to be coming off the bench most likely unless yeah. there's a, an injury. All right, let's let's wrap this thing up with winners. E, who you got as the winner? I've got England. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. So Lloyd's of London, the uh, the huge insurance company, has predicted the last two World Cup winners based on total insurable value of the roster. And this year they have England. So I'm going <laughs> with the I'm going with the quants. And I just like that team. It's coming home. Super it's coming home. They have the best chance, that's for sure. They'll be singing the best songs. Khan, who you got? In terms of uh, uh, winning the whole thing, I like Brazil. And, and I know it's a cop-out, and I know it's the favorite, but favorites win as well. Um, you know, when you look at, at, at their matchup, I think they can get out of um, you know, their group. And then they should have a, a decent uh, round of 16 game. They just have so much talent um, and electric goal scoring capability. So I think uh, you know Brazil uh, comes in and wins this one. Love it. How about I, you? Uh, I don't like Spain. I don't like France. Don't like Germany. Uh, to me, it's really down to Brazil and Argentina. And I'm, I'm going to go with the storyline. The uh, 1,000th game. Go with Messi getting his, uh, you know, historic number in the World Cup final and solidifying his resume as the single best footballer of all time. I'm going to go with Argentina. Yeah, I like those bets. Plus too. 500. It'd be great to see, like, I, know, I mean, I guess anyone could end up on either side of the bracket, but an Argentina-Brazil final would be incredible. Yeah, that would be so sick. And then I encourage yeah. everyone to take... Just a little taste of Denmark's sprinkle. All. Just a sprinkle. I do think there's a chance. Twenty-two to one. I mean, it's not. It's not crazy. It's better odds than Uruguay, Croatia, 
those are the only real contender names that are that are in the mix there that they're ahead of. But they're right next to Belgium. They're right there. Yeah. Belgium, I'm so off of. Belgium and Portugal are my least oh, two yeah. least yeah. favorite teams. I think those are the yeah. fades. Yeah. Fades. Alrighty. Closing thoughts. Anything? We've been at this thing for two hours. I just hope everyone enjoys the World Cup. I mean, it's it's such yeah. a fun time of uh I can't even say of the year, of every four years. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, it's the world sport. You're gonna have over five billion people tuning in to watch out of eight billion. Um, I hope everyone jumps in and, and joins the bandwagon. Um, it's gonna be really fun. Awesome. Totally agree. And I think this US team is gonna be fun and might make some memories. Awesome. We'll we'll wrap it on that. Thank you so much for joining. Sincerely appreciate it. Can't wait to have you guys on again. Uh, you guys made awesome guests, and you're incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to the great sport of football. So yeah, talk to you. In four thank years. you for thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. See you in 2026. We'll, we'll go to games. Yeah, we will go to games in 2026. We'll check them out. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. Win some money. Peace. This is the eye test. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real. We never lying from the grid. I am too diamond talking Mets, Jets, and bets. It's the eye test. Yeah, we'll play a little Monday morning QB. Who we picking for tonight? You'll just have to wait and see. We got the covers over unders and the fumblers and runners. All you need is right here. The eye test is where the This is the eye test. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real, we never lying from the grid. I am too diamond talking Mets, Jets, and Bets. It's the eye test. This is the eye test. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real, we never lying from the grid. I am too diamond talking Mets, Jets, and Bets. It's the eye test.